you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 17, even though we're going through the gospel of Mark right now, this morning we're going to look at Luke 17 for a few minutes together. And I wonder um, today as this is the, this is a new thing, kind of a relatively new thing, you know, the first Sunday of Thanksgiving week, okay? You know, it used to be a couple days off for Thanksgiving from school, Thursday, Friday, and then because so many of us didn't take our kids to school, make our kids go to school on the Wednesday before, then they gave us the Wednesday off, and then because we quit taking our, making our kids go to school on the Tuesday before, then they gave us off Tuesday, and now it's a week off, um, and it's awesome. Um, and so some of you are going to be traveling um, this week. How many of you are going to be traveling? Going somewhere else because it's Thanksgiving week. Anybody? Number of you, many of them are already gone, um, have already done that. I, I grew up in like the perfect Thanksgiving environment. Because every Thanksgiving, I got to spend it until I was 13 years old on some farm, either my grandpa's farm or my uncle's farm. And Thanksgiving is awesome on a farm, especially when sometimes it's kind of snowing outside. Um, it's cold, but it's nice and warm in the, you know, in the, in the farmhouse. And it's just, it's an amazing place uh, to celebrate Thanksgiving. Now, um, it's not always like that, obviously. Um, we don't always get to go to the farm to do it. I, I remember um, when I went to college, um, the basketball team that I played on, the college team that I played on, we always were gone. We didn't get to go home for Thanksgiving because we, we were always playing in a tournament somewhere. And three of the years, uh, we played in a tournament near my hometown in northern Indiana. And so we played at the, at the Grace College Turkey Tourney. And the only day they did, that we didn't have games was Thanksgiving Day itself, and they put on this big spread for us um, in the Winona Hotel. It was, a, it was an awesome you know, deal, but I never went to that because I was close enough to drive to my grandparents' farm, and so I got to take two or three teammates with me. We had tractor races, all kinds of stuff you know, on Thanksgiving. Um, and so Thanksgiving can be just an um, amazing time. It can also be a sad time. You know, for, for example... As I think about it, I think about those amazing times, that aunt and uncle, that grandpa and grandma, they're with the Lord now. So no more thanksgivings with them, although I'm looking forward to seeing them again. It's kind of sad, you know, to think about that thing. I think about the, the, the many, all, you know, all the thanksgivings um, with my mom before she passed away. Again, so there's some sadness when we, when we think about great things like this too. But we are so blessed to live in a country now that gives us a week off, but, uh, and again, not everybody gets a week off from work, but from school, but th th that our country says nobody has to go to work except for the people that have to work, you know, to take care of the rest of us. Um, generally speaking, you don't have to go to work on Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving Day. Our country says that. Now, our country likes to speak out of two sides, you know, two sides of its mouth. I like the, the Larry Norman song that says, our, our money says in God we trust, but it's against the law to pray in school. You know, we kind of do that. But you know what? As inconsistent as our country is, I'm glad we have Thanksgiving Day in the United States. It is awesome. But it's only awesome if we really use it. It's, it's more than a travel day. It's more than a, than a getting together with family. It's really a day that we can say thank you to God. And we live in a country that we can say that without getting arrested, without getting in trouble. 
Oh, somebody might make fun of us. Somebody might, you know, say we're weird or hateful, even, you know, all kinds of things. But we can still do it. And so this morning, again, this isn't the first time I've done this. I want us to turn to this passage in Luke 17, um, starting with the 11th verse. Um, And there are so many passages about thanksgiving in the scripture that I could pick so many, but I keep picking this one. Um, in, in fact, give thanks is the most popular command in all of Scripture. So again, there, there are so many places we could look in the Bible for this command. But this story is something very special that I want us to see again because of the question that Jesus asks um, at the conclusion of it. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, He said, go show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, here's the question. Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other ones? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to turn, to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. I love this story. I love it as we, as we approach this amazing opportunity that we have this week um, to give thanks as a, as a nation, as a family, as, a, as, the, as, the, as the people of God. We have all these, this opportunity to do this. And we have to ask as we approach it, are we Are we thankful? Now, Dan started us off this morning. I continued that with the children. We, we actually started last week, for those of you who, who stayed for our, our annual meeting and, and, and Thanksgiving um, lunch together, we circled up in the room here and, and different people just said thanks to God for various things you know, related to our church. We are a thankful people, I hope, here at Midway Community Church. I don't think that's just show. I don't think that's, that's just uh, something that we do you know, when we're around each other. Hopefully, we are thankful people. Hopefully, Jesus would never have to ask this question of us. Where are the other nine? Hopefully, that would never be us. We would never be someone who God does something amazing for, and we forget about it, and, and, and we don't come back to say thank you. And again, we don't know what was going on with those other nine guys. We know they were very excited because, again, to be leprous in 
first century Israel was to be separated from your community. You know, you, you, couldn't, you, couldn't go, you couldn't be with your family. You couldn't go to town. You couldn't do anything. You had to stand off at a distance and say, stay away, unclean. You know, you were, you were separated. It was, it was an awful circumstance. And when you were cleansed, when, and again, this isn't the first time that, that lepers, you know, were cleansed over the years. There was a provision for when they were cleansed, they would go show themselves to the priest. He would check them out and declare that they were clean and then they were welcome to come back into, into the community. So Jesus told them to go present yourselves to the priest before they were even cleansed. So they went by faith. All of them went by faith, believing that Jesus could do this. But only one of them came back. And he came back. He came back with a vengeance. He came back praising God with a loud voice and throwing him, I mean, this is a, you know, just picture this guy, throwing himself at Jesus' feet. How do you do that? I mean, how do you throw, you know, he, this was a, a very demonstrative moment in his life. He's just bowing down to God who, who healed him, who cleansed him, and he thanked him. And Jesus appreciated that. We see that in the question. It was the right thing for this guy to do. I mean, he had, he, had, he had been, we don't know how long he'd been, you know, afflicted with leprosy, but he, was, he wasn't anymore. He was better and he was back. He got to go back to work. He got to go back to his family. He got to go back to his kids if he had We don't know the whole, the whole story. We will. Because we know this guy. We don't know about the other nine, but we know this guy's faith in Jesus brought his cleansing because Jesus is God and he can do that and he did that in this guy's life and he shows the response he shows the response that should be the central core of the life of every believer in this same Jesus because of what he has done in our lives. Think about it. Now, none of us to my knowledge, and I'm pretty sure I would have heard about it, none of us to my knowledge have ever been a leper and sent outside the community. But that disease has always been, from the Old Testament all the way through the New, has always been a symbol of what sin does to a person. It separates. And as those guys were separated from their community, those of us, which is all of us, who were in rebellion against God in our sins, we were separated from God. And there was a lot of other separation that was going on in our lives as well in our own lives and, and with, with our, within our families and, and other relationships, sin, sin messes everything up. Even, av- even after we come to know Christ, even after we're forgiven of our sins, we still see the repercussions, we still see the separations, we see, still see the messes that sin creates. But those of us who have put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, as this man did, our lives are as changed as his was. 
and in many respects, even more so. The miracle that he's performed in our lives in bringing us to, his, to faith in him and the transformation that he's making in our lives is amazing. Just think of your own life and where you would be without Jesus. What your life would probably stand for, what, you would, what your life would, would be all about. Of course, we can't imagine. I mean, we can imagine, but we don't, we don't really know. But it wouldn't be pretty in most cases. But here we are. Here we are. Relatively in our right minds. Praising God for the great things that he's done for us. And this praise that we're returning to him this morning together on this first day of the week, which is, again, a day of reminder that Jesus rose again from the dead on the third day. That was Sunday, the first day of the week. It's when he did it. That's why we meet. Remember that. And when we remember that, that spurs us on into the rest of the week to keep remembering that throughout the week that, hey, Jesus died on the, on the cross for my sins, as, was, as Banner so eloquently put it this morning in Thanksgiving. He died on the cross for our sins and rose again victorious over death, giving life eternal to every single person who believes. That is amazing. And we remember that when we get together and we, and we leave here with that thought so that nothing can stop us from being thankful. Nothing can stop us from being fruitful. Nothing can stop us from being profitable in these lives because we have the life of Jesus Christ in us. And so what this, what this one of 10 lepers did is what all of us are supposed to look like all the time. Remembering the amazing work that God has done in our lives through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Somehow, that's supposed to be a normal reflection off of us. Somehow, people ought to know when we're around that we are thankful. Not just on Thanksgiving Day when we get to go to the farm, to the grandparents, or you know, the special place, the beach, wherever your family special thing is, if you get to do that. But not just on those special days, but on every day. When we remember, and this is what we, this is what we have to remember, and this is where the word of God comes in. The word of God is a great tool to remind us of how much we need Jesus. Even those of us who have received him many years ago, we still need to look at the word of God to remember how much we need Jesus. That, we'll never, that we would never forget how lost and dead we were in our sins before we were forgiven by Jesus, before we were given new life by his Holy Spirit who came to live in us the moment we believed. We need to remember how lost and how dead we were because of our sins. So that we 
can regularly, daily throw ourselves at his feet and thank him for the great work that he's done in our lives. Sometimes in the midst of some of the deepest, darkest trials that we can even imagine that we're going through. Because even those deep and dark trials don't take away the fact that he's done this for us. And he's given us eternal life. And even though we don't understand it right now, what's going on, what's, what, you know, what's, why this is happening in, in our life or my life or your life or whatever it might be, even though we don't get it right now, we still throw ourselves at his feet because of what we know he has done for us on the cross and in his resurrection and in his, and in his ascension returning to heaven so that he could send into each of us his Holy Spirit to make this word come alive in us. And so it doesn't matter. Certainly not something just to do the week of Thanksgiving. Although this is a good week for us to talk about it. To remember that as his people, we are not just thanksgiving thanksgivingers. Excuse me. That we are not just thanksgiving thanksgivers. Excuse me. We're daily thanksgivers. Because we remember what he's done. We recognize how messed up or they were, our lives were or were about to be before we put our trust in Jesus Christ. Oh, I have the, you know, the, the, the special, wonderful testimony, as, as some of you do and some of your children do, of coming to know Jesus as a, as a boy, as a 10-year-old boy. So, you know, how bad could it really be for a 10-year-old boy? Well, bad enough that I knew I was... When, when, when it was explained to me that the wages of sin is death, I knew I was in big trouble. Some of us had longer to live in our sin, to develop that life more, fu- more fully. But whatever the case may be, I was going that way, you may have made it that way. But the truth is this, you're not going that way anymore. We're not going that way anymore. And when we look around in this, in this world, and we sang about it this morning, you know, this world of desperation, this world of confusion, this world of rebellion, that's where we were going. That's what we were going to be a part of. But he rescued us. He saved us. Just as... as Literally, as he saved these 10 guys from a terrible life. Those of us who have put our trust in Jesus, he is saved from a terrible life. Now, it doesn't mean trouble-free. It doesn't mean no problems. In fact, some of us are very, very aware of of the troubles and and difficulties of life right now because we're living it but it doesn't stop us from still being this man. Remember, as as great as he thought things were right now, he had to go home. He had to go go back where they were used to him not being there. He he was going to go back and disrupt something. 
He was going to disrupt even a, even a bad routine is a routine. Even a difficult routine is a routine. He was going to go back and mess up that routine. He was going to get back in the mix. Maybe back to a wife that he was hoping was really missing him. He gets back, nah, maybe not. Maybe she's not missing me that much. He, he was going back to real life. And it wasn't going to be trouble-free. But he had the opportunity because of Jesus. And our lives are not trouble-free. We know that. We know that about ourselves. We, if we know anybody else, we know that's true because all of us go through all kinds of stuff. But that doesn't stop us. Because the core of who we are is represented by this man when he threw himself down at Jesus' feet and praised God because Jesus is God and thanked him profusely for what he had done. That's, that's our core. That's who we are because we know who it is that provided the forgiveness that we desperately needed. Still desperately need. 1 John 1.9 is fresh. It's not, it's not old. It's not 50 years old. If you came to know Christ 50 years ago, it's not 20 years ago old. If you came to know Christ 20 years ago, 1 John 1.9 is fresh. It's to believers who also sin like unbelievers. And he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have not only that moment in time when we asked him to forgive us of our sins initially, when we initially began to believe in him, we don't have that moment to look back for, that time period in our lives to look back to. We have that moment yesterday or this morning when we confessed our sins again to him. Not ones we'd already confessed, not rehearsing those things, but those things that we've done or said or thought that we shouldn't have, and we take that to him and we confess it to him. And because of his faithfulness, because of his justice, he says he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness or purify us from all uncleanness. And that reminds us of how he restores us into fellowship with him and to others. When we, when we take that time to confess our sins. Sometimes we use this time. I don't know how many times it happens to you, but sometimes I'm often I'm singing a song that we're singing here in praise together with our praise team. I'm singing a song and saying, wait a minute, that's not me. That's not me. And while we're singing, we're confessing. I'm sorry for what I did that, that doesn't look like what I'm singing right now this week or yesterday or this morning or whenever it was. We can, we can confess it in song. We can, sometimes we confess while I'm, while I'm preaching or while you're in a Bible study class that, that, we, that we come into before the, the, the worship service. While the lesson's being given or while the discussion's happening, we, the word of God confronts us with our sin, reminds us that that sin so quickly it always does so quickly create some division between us and God. It doesn't take us away from God. It doesn't remove us from his family. 
But like disobedience in a, in a home, you know, in, a, in, the, in the course of a, of a family's life, when, when one, all it takes is one child to be disobedient and, and everything's messed up in the family. Some of us have been that child. And we remember that. Others of us, others of us had that brother or sister who was that child and remember it so quickly and so easily. But it, but it brings discord in the whole, into the whole family, especially between that child and the parent. That's the same thing that happens in our relationship with God. It doesn't keep us from being his child any longer. He's made the promise. To those who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. That's us. But children who disobey have a broken relationship, have broken fellowship, and it's quickly removed. It's, it's quickly taken care of when we confess our sins. Sometimes in human relationships, it takes a little bit longer. But in our relationship with God, he makes his decision based on his character. That's why he says, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. See, he's made a promise. He's made a promise in Christ, his son, that when we confess our sins, we are forgiven. He will live up to that promise because he doesn't lie. He's faithful. And it also says he's faithful and just. It is right for him to forgive us of our sins because Jesus paid the price. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. The, the consequences of our sin has been taken care of. One of the, someone mentioned in, in, in praise this morning as Dan was leading us. Forgiveness of sins. We're thankful for that. We know that. Not because we deserve it, but because God is just. He has to forgive because he made the, the situation this way. He is completely just. Everything that he does is right. And so when he provided for us a perfect sacrifice, a sinless sacrifice, his own son, that everybody who believes in him, they're immediately forgiven of all their sins. And when they sin again and cause some discord in the relationship, it's immediately forgiven the moment we confess that to him because he's faithful and just. That's what we're counting on. And he does it immediately. Sometimes we feel like we have to earn our way out of it. Sometimes we gotta, you know, we gotta do something for, for what we did. And usually when we have that attitude, we mess things up royally. Bringing up stuff to people that doesn't need to be brought up. It's forgiven, it's forgotten. Doesn't need to be dealt with anymore. He forgives, and he forgives immediately. And we can walk in that peace, in that relationship, every single day. And for that, we ought to be throwing ourselves at his feet and thanking him and praising him for what he's done. Oh, there are still things that we're asking him to do. There are still things in our lives that, that, that still haven't been conformed completely to the image of Christ. And we're asking him to work in those things and to, and to do those things as we read his word and, 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 and conform ourselves by his power and strength. 
to the image of Christ, he's still working. Oh, there are still circumstances in our lives that are very confusing, that are very difficult. We're having a hard time understanding how he's, how he's working that out. But he's promised that he will. And so we can, even in the midst of those hard times, we can still, as this leper, former leper did, we can still throw ourselves at the feet of Jesus and thank him for what he's done. And we also then thank him for what he will do. Because just as we, just as we thank him doesn't mean everything's just how, how we want it to be. He's still in the middle. He's still in the process of making us more like Christ. And when he's finished, we'll know it. Because he says we'll see him as he is and become like him. That comes on that day we were singing about, that day that he returns, or that day when we pass from this life and, and separated from the, and absent from this body and present with the Lord. That'll happen when we see him face to face. In the meantime, let the core of our being, of our forgiven being, be thankful to God for what he's done for us in Jesus Christ. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we have a, a big week ahead. Some of our body, our family are already traveling, heading for a special place or special people with whom to give thanks. We have some plans to give thanks. But Father, we thank you for asking the question, where are the other nine? Because in that question, you expose us. You let us know that you want everybody to give you the thanks that you deserve. And so we thank you that we're a part of that, everybody. And we'd ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit in us, for those of us who believe, that you would enable us to be thankful people. Oh, yes, on Thanksgiving Day in, a, in an amazing country that, that allows this. But even... more importantly that you'd help us to be thankful every day and many times throughout the day that it would be the core response that we have for who you are and what you've done for us Father there may be some here this morning who haven't yet put their trust in Jesus and don't have the grounds for thanksgiving Help them to see that today, that you've done the work for them. You've lived the perfect life, the perf perfect life that they couldn't live. None of us could. Only you, the Son of God, Lord Jesus, could do it. And help them to see that you did that and that you did that for them. Because when you died on the cross, you took upon yourself the sins of everybody. 
so that all who believe would be forgiven. Help them to know that they can be forgiven today. They don't have to wait any longer. There's nothing that they can do to add to what Jesus has done. He did it completely, and he proved it by his resurrection from the dead. Help them, Father, to put their trust in him, that they might also receive the same Holy Spirit that those of us who believe received that day we believed, who now gives us encouragement and strength and conviction to live our lives for your glory. Father, for those of us who are, who are struggling to be thankful today because of the circumstances of our lives, help us to overcome. Help us to remember what you've done for us in Christ. And that we will see, if not later this week, if not later this year, if not next year sometime, that we will see what you're doing because you're a faithful God. And you will, will accomplish your righteous plan in our lives no matter what it looks like right now. Give us that courage. Give us that confidence. Give us that faith. And help us to live our lives throwing ourselves at your feet, praising you as the God that you are and for the work that you've done for us in your son Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.